Analyx 2.20. Ji Kangzi asked, How can I cause the common people to become respectful, dong, and industrious? The master said, Oversee them with dignity, and the people will become respectful. Oversee them by being filial and kind to, to your young, and the people will be dong. Raise up the adept and instruct those who lack ability, and then the people will become industrious. So Ji Kangzi is the unofficial leader of these three families that I mentioned in the previous analect. And so this is the person that actually has the most de facto power in the state of Lu. So this person is effectively more powerful than the duke or the king, Dugai of Lu, who was asking Confucius the question in the previous one. So we have a pretty ambitious question. And notice that he's asking for a, a quite a bit. The common people, the multitudes, how can we get them to be respectful, zhong, and industrious? Zhong is a very interesting word here because zhong means to be faithful from the bottom of one's heart, from the center of one's heart and mind. In other words, they're doing their best. This goes beyond even the word loyalty in English. Perhaps only the word faithful would approximate this because a Christian should be faithful to God, a wife should be faithful to the husband. But overall, even that word as it's used today lacks the fullness of the word zhong. So that's why I have this uh, untranslated here when I was reading it. Zhong can often be translated as doing one's utmost, uh, duty, dutifulness, loyalty, etc. I think it's left better untranslated and you simply should pick up what this means as we continue to use this word Zhong. So ask, asking for them to be respectful was one thing. Then Zhong, that's a whole new level. And then industrious, or in other words, eager to work, He's asking for a lot, and there's a sort of irony here because um, if these three families are essentially usurping the power of the of the throne of Dugai, then there's perhaps a kind of disloyalty in doing so, arguably, and I would say that Confucius sees that as not being dumb, indeed, being disloyal, overstepping one's bounds within the, this relationship. Now, Duke of Ai is the legitimate ruler, even according to how the Zhou dynasty was set up. And so these rulers of these different states uh, are by blood related 
and go all the way back to the founding family, the original royal family of the Zhou dynasty. So that's something that's useful background information. He, he's not some random person who created his, his own state within a power vacuum in some corner of the Zhou dynasty. So uh, the Duke of Lu is, is actually blood related to the uh, original founding royal family of the Zhou dynasty. So here um, we have Ji Kongzi. Uh, he is asking a lot from the common people, whereas he himself is not necessarily doing the same thing. So that's a very familiar sounding situation, certainly applicable to today, especially when you see that these CEOs live a very pampered life. Uh, and, um, you know, they say things like, oh, they only make three decisions a day and they only work for three to five hours uh, at most on a single day. And the rest of the time, they're relaxing or um, taking care of their health, uh, maybe going bicycling, running. Um, whatever other activities that they want to do. So As I've said before, there's a lot of parallels between corrupt ages back then and corrupt ages today. And technology is something that changes the appearance of things and, and uh, makes the powerful even more powerful. But a lot of the fundamentals are still there. And so what Confucius and Shunzi and Mencius talk about, these are all applicable insights to today. So you're not here only to understand history and ancient philosophy. You're also understanding how to uh, live today's life and to predict and not predict the future. Uh, that's very speculative, but to start to understand what direction we are going into. All right, let's look at Confucius's response uh, answer. He's not reprimanding them directly and calling them a hypocrite. Uh, Doing such a thing would be rude. In any case, at this moment, where uh, we can assume that he is being sincere. So the efficacious response, the skillful response, is not to reprimand them and say, well, you're being a hypocrite. The best way is to answer the question, but also in a way that induces the person asking the question to become a better person. And that's something to also learn about. When somebody comes to you, always think about what's your relationship? What can you say to encourage them to be better? And so you're delivering a message customized for them. You're not just a walking, talking book. And that's also another reason why if you really want to improve and you're very eager to do so, uh, seeking out a personal teacher will help a lot more than simply listening to these lectures, even if the person saying them is greatly wise, highly talented, it can only go so far. Okay, so um, Confucius says, oversee them with dignity and the people will be respectful. That's an interesting choice of words. What does it mean to be a man who behaves with dignity? Let's start with what is not 
dignified behavior. Most YouTubers are not dignified. They are essentially acting like clowns. They're yelling, they're waving around their hands, getting all worked about, about very insignificant things, all in order to capture your attention, all in order to entertain you. It's not that you can never go on YouTube and say something with a lot of uh, energy. There are times for that, um, but they should be something that is appropriate to be energetic over, something that is uh, worth being very worked up about. So if you are saying how bad things are today, yes, you can do that with a certain kind of tone and energy. But if you're simply saying something like, oh, this dollar menu is item is no longer there, it's uh, that's a little silly. So that you want to think about uh, that as being undignified behavior, what most YouTubers do do. What's undignified is what a lot of people who are in sales, and by that I also include people running for office, uh, that's pretty undignified behavior, smiling, flatteringly, uh, shaking everybody's hands no matter, uh, no matter what kind of people they really are, treating them as, as equals when you know that this is not the case, either in terms of social status externally or internally in terms of virtue. Um, saying flattering things, being clever with your tongue, that's not dignified behavior. To be dignified means that you have a, you have a sense of your own virtue, that you have a sort of, um, I don't want to say self-confidence or self-assuredness, but something more along the lines of self-possessiveness. You know, you're self-possessed. You are in control of yourself. You have this dignity. You're not going to be easily pushed into uh, anything from losing your temper or you're not induced into cowardice, that you are standing and you're standing tall and you're willing to face conflict or even uh, harm because you know that what you are doing is right that's dignified. So there's a lot in there. If you are dignified, the people will naturally become respectful because Ji Kangzi is a man of high status. This doesn't work if you're a random person in your neighborhood. They're not going to become respectful to the degree that they are going to be for Ji Kangzi. On the other hand, even if you're in the neighborhood, don't lose your dignity. People will still walk all over you if you lose your dignity. So you can lose even more respect. You might not gain respect, but you will lose respect if you are if you don't have dignity. So always have dignity while you are in your neighborhood, within even your family, but certainly within larger society, within the public sphere. All right. The next part, oversee them by being filial to your elders and kind to your young, and the people will be dung. This, what this means is not um, being filial to the every elder person out there. This does not mean being showing kindness to every young person out there necessarily. Confucius is being more specific than that. He's saying within your family, be filial to your father and your uncles. 
and your, to your grandfather and so forth. And then be kind to those who are younger than you, your nieces, your nephews, your sons, your daughters, of course. Uh, show them kindness uh, to your younger brothers. And then also respect your older brothers. If you display these behaviors, people will look at that and then they will become jong within their own families. What's really destructive today is to see all these families, whether they're celebrities or whether they are politicians, and there's a lack of respect and kindness in these directions where there should be respect and kindness. And when you see that, then the common people look at that. And since most common people are petty, uh, most people in general are petty, um, but in a time like this, this chaotic, most leaders are also petty or indeed uh, in a system like ours, our system really selects for petty persons, not virtuous persons, because petty persons are clever in tongue and they're charming. And they, those kinds of people who are charming and clever with their tongue and have flattering appearances and smile a lot when they're supposed to, and it makes them popular, those guys become more popular and they become elected. So in a system like ours, we select four petty persons. It's not by accident that we get petty persons. So when, but when we come to a situation where we have a society where the leaders are having good family relations, this will inspire the common people to also follow suit. They'll look at them and say, oh, this person's so high status, but he still respects his father. I should respect my own father too. Uh, they feel inspired to do that. You know, um, one one thing to think about. You know, a lot of people feel like their parents are not worthy of respect. I will say this: that if you don't show your your father and mother respect, um, you are essentially uh, hurting yourself in the eyes of others. People naturally tend to think that. Uh, they tend to not look well on people who don't have fathers that are uh, good people. And that, you know, it's, it's not fair. But that's just instinctively the reaction, the emotional reaction that they get. So if I see somebody and they're berating their father, I, they, uh, there might be a lot more to it than I'm seeing but I don't get an overall good impression of either person when this happens. Uh, and it's certainly not the kind of person that I think that I can be at ease uh, uh, with. Now, I've said this before, um, there are a lot of people who are really good people, but their fathers are not really good persons or their elder brothers are not very good persons. And the most famous person like that in the history of the Ru is the sage king Shun. And Shun uh, is this great model of virtue for all Confucians. Shun is a uh, probably the most uh, praised person, but we all recognize that his father uh, overall for most of his life was a wicked father. And Shun is still behaving in appropriate ways uh, in filial ways, and that only adds to Chun's 
great reputation for virtue. It, it doesn't detract from it. So really think about, even if you have a, a father or mother you don't think is a very good person, be careful about how you regard them uh, and certainly be careful about how you regard them in public. So um, how you how you are, you know, so going back to this idea of the common people being inspired by uh, somebody of G Kongzi's status, Kongzi's status, um, you want to think about it this way. They're not, they're not going to say, look at this situation say, and tell themselves consciously, oh, I should be a better son. That's not actually how it works. Instead, they see that being dis that kind of behavior being displayed of somebody of higher social status than they, and they naturally um, incline to imitate those of higher social status. And again, this is a big reason why when your politicians um, are not good family persons and your celebrities are not good family persons, this kind of behavior slowly starts to degenerate the behavior of the common people, because the natural human nature response is to imitate those who are of a higher position than you. Uh, so that's something that's very important. So here Confucius is saying, in your own family, be, be filial to your elders and be kind to your young. And then the people start to be jong in their own family. And then as they become jong in their own family, that mentality will spread in other areas. So people who tend to be good neighbors also tend to be good family persons. And people who are good citizens or subjects also tend to be good neighbors and good family persons. Because that mentality of wanting to do, wanting to be sincere in your relationships starts to expand outward from the immediate family outward to the rest of the society. So if you have a society where you fi find out that the family is falling apart, this is not a society you want to continue living in. You want to get out of that situation, leave, because what's following that is crime, corruption, and distrust and suspicion among those who live next to each other. Not a good situation to be in. Any country or any empire that the family is falling apart within and within its boundaries, you know that this is a dystopian situation to live in. It's a bad society you need to leave. And that government, that the leadership that is ruling them, whatever system it is, democracy, monarchy, doesn't matter, that is no longer legitimate. That is full of corruption. And they're not doing their duties. They're not following their duties. They're not doing their job. So what you need to do is simply leave as soon as you can. Leave that situation, leave that province, leave that state, leave that empire, whatever uh, situation you are in, you want to uh, think about leaving. And you want, if you cannot leave or it's not reasonable to leave, then you need to find a way to remove yourself from the uh, biggest dangers of that. So for example, you're living in a city that's like this, you wanna maybe move to the countryside. So you want to think about those uh, those sorts of choices that you could make. What you don't want to do 
you don't want to get a big head. You don't want to think that you and a few other guys can organize and then change things at the top level. Um, it's that that is way beyond your control. If Confucius could not do this through legitimate means, and he did not even think to do this through uh, unlawful means, then what about you? You, in comparison, lack virtue compared to Confucius. You lack wisdom compared to Confucius. Mencius didn't try to do this either. Shunzo did not try to do this either. If you're just an ordinary person, accept that you're one of the common people. You're one of the multitudes. That's your lot in life. If you want to change something, raise your families well and teach other people who will listen to you well. Gain your own wisdom, develop your own virtue, but don't try to seek a solution within politics. It's too late for that. Okay, so um, let's go to the last thing that Confucius says here. Raise up the adept and instruct those lacking in ability and the people will be industrious. I interpret this to mean something that uh, is not exact, is not, it's just simply practical advice. It's not something that is uh, perhaps uh, lofty and spirit-like or subtle. In other words, ruling by ritual propriety, that's subtle and that's lofty. And that acts uh, what, like what Shunzo would describe as a spirit-like intelligence. In other words, nobody, you don't see things physically happen. You don't see people being dragged off to jail if they're doing the wrong thing or uh, verbally praised if they do the right thing or given money if they're doing the right thing. But still, ruling with ritual propriety, with with Lee, does have this effect. It's almost like magic because you don't see it physically work, but you do see the consequences of it, the, the effects of it. Um, here, there's nothing like that. What I think Confucius is saying is simply um, if you see people who are skillful and talented, put them in higher positions, reward them, and give them responsibility. And that way people will aspire to develop their own abilities, whether we're talking about political ability or their virtue, or we're talking about uh, those who are uh, simply skilled in a tangible uh, practice like being a good doctor or being a good engineer. Um, being a good farmer, raise those up. And then those who are incapable, those who lack ability, those who, lack, who are not shun, um, yet you instruct those, you educate them. So those people who are not very virtuous, you educate them. And the way that you educate them can be through a class offered at a school, that's one way, but ruling through ritual propriety, that's also instructional. Um, uh, patronizing the arts, uh, that's another way. Uh, but of course, the art itself has to be good, has to be moral, uh, it has to inspire people towards virtue. It cannot be some weird, you know, uh, abstracted art um, that is not really about virtue. Uh, not that I have something against the medium of uh, the genre of abstract art necessarily. Um, I'm just saying. Whatever art you have should be, uh, that you patronize, um, that you fund, that should be making, uh, that should be glorifying virtue. 
So you can use that uh, as, a, as a way to inspire people uh, without using coercive force, inspire people to naturally live more virtuous lives and to see beauty in their own lives and just go into a direction of true beauty um, and not just uh, simply look, you know, not simply look forward to the next video game or the next uh, action movie that's going to come out later that year. So you patronize um, the arts as another way to instruct the people. Um, another translation um, says instead of the people will be industrious, the people will be eager. Eager um, is more, of course, broad than industrious. Industrious has to do with more physical production, but being eager can incorporate virtue. Um, and then, of course, do what we do today in many countries. Um, if you want people to be more productive, more industrious in the physical, tangible sense, uh, then you can offer more education so that they can uh, become engineers, doctors, uh, farmers, um, etc. Uh, and um, you know, you can get them to be more industrious in that uh, physical kind of way. Um, and that's something that, of course, we do today, but. Confucius's words, you can uh, understand this to be more about um, those who are lacking shan, uh, in other words, efficacious ability, uh, which relates more to virtue and leadership. Um, and then the people will be more eager. You know, they'll be eager to improve themselves. They'll be eager to work because they are properly rewarded. Today, people are not eager because the wrong people are at top. And when they see that uh, greed and corruption are rewarded. They don't want to become more virtuous. They're discouraged, like I've discussed before. And when they see that people, um, you know, the society is chaotic, uh, they stop working. And that's actually what's going on. That's why we have this weird situation where uh, wages for people who work at fast food places, they keep going up even beyond minimum wage. Um, and yet, what we see is that uh, people um, still don't really make enough uh, money. So you have you have kind of this weird situation. It's going up, uh, you know, the the wages at the, at the bottom level. But what you have to realize is that people are actually literally giving up. They know that even though they take the, these jobs that pay 15, 20, whatever dollars per hour. It's never going to help them get out of, uh, they're, they're never going to pay their mortgage off or they're never going to pay their college loans off uh, or whatever debt that they have or they can't afford the, the house in the um, neighborhood that they want to live in. Uh, they don't have this. So even though they work hard all the time, they have one job or two jobs or three jobs and they're just making this, this low level amount. They know they can't escape it and they become discouraged and they don't they don't work so simultaneously the wages are going up um, and yet um, you don't have these people really uh, working so that's that's kind of an odd situation um, there but it can be explained because people are are giving up they're not uh, they're not they're the opposite of eager uh, because you are not properly rewarding people for working hard and having ability. Even though you have ability, you a lot of people still end up essentially impoverished. Uh, even though they are skilled, 
they still remain at the bottom. So that's discouraging when people will give up. So we have a very sincere answer given to Ji Kongzu. All of this is true, but there are levels to, to what he says. It is not only to reform the common people, there is a uh, inducement by Confucius in his response for Ji Kongzu to become a better person, become more dignified. And in this culture, being more dignified means to abide by ritual propriety. And if you abide by ritual propriety, this automatically puts you into your proper role and not uh, prevents you from overstepping it. In book three, we'll see that these families, they are engaging in certain ceremonies that are reserved for the king, not for themselves. And that's not dignified. They're overstepping ritual propriety. They're overstepping the ceremonies by hosting these ceremonies that only the king can. And they're losing their dignity in doing so. And so the people will not be respectful because you see these, these aristocratic families, they're overreaching. They're behaving like they're the king, that like they're the royal family. They're going out of bounds. And yet they expect the common people to be respectful to them. That's hypocritical. The common people are going to have the same mentality. They're not going to see themselves as mere commoners. They're going to try to become something greater than they, and they'll lure themselves around amongst their neighbors. They're not going to be respectful to their neighbors, their peers, or to those above them. And so it's just more, more chaos. So he's saying basically to Ji Kongzu, become more dignified, abide by ritual propriety. He's also saying within your own families, become filial to your elders and kind to their young. Uh, and then, then you can think about the people being Zhong. And then you need to raise the adept and instruct those lacking ability. And this, of course, is parallel to what Confucius said to Dugai in the previous one. If you raise up the crooked, right? If you raise up the straight and apply them to the crooked, the people will be loyal. So this is a very similar idea. But that also is sort of could be understood as a uh, kind of indirect criticism against Ji Kongzu and the other three uh, and the and the overall the three uh, powerful families that they themselves they need to be straight in order for the people to be eager. So there's. It's not simple, straightforward advice. There's some more depth to it philosophically, but there's also some interesting um, uh, messages also being sent here. All right, and this is not the last time we'll see Ji Kongzu, or at least we won't see. Uh, there'll be other other times where uh, these these three families show up. Um, so we'll see that later in the text.